After I graduated from high school, I um, attempted to go to college to study music, and the operative word in that first sentence there is, I attempted. Um, I was going to be uh, the first person in my family uh, to go uh, to college, uh, but unfortunately, uh, I didn't finish the first semester. Uh, Somewhere in uh, the orientation routine, uh, I didn't get the memo uh, that uh, you were supposed to go to class and that you were supposed to study. Instead, I enjoyed uh, playing music a lot and uh, doing a little bit of socializing. Well, after not making it through the first semester, I found myself uh, sort of wandering, humiliated. Uh, I moved back in with my parents for a while. Uh, I worked in in a grocery store. Uh, Then I moved uh, 100 miles down the road, uh, and I became an assistant manager at at Brian's favorite restaurant, uh, the Golden Arches. And, you know, I enjoyed the work. I knew it wasn't my lifelong work, but I enjoyed the work. But then uh, things took a turn. So the first uh, signal I got that this might not be God's plan for my life uh, was I was held up at gunpoint one night uh, after closing the store. And, and then a few months later, uh, we were having a, a, uh, a company picnic, and all of a sudden we're playing softball and having this great picnic. And then shots rang out, and there was a random shooter uh, shooting up in the air, but it certainly made us feel like he was shooting at us. And uh, so... Uh, After that, I figured uh, this job is a little bit too dangerous for me, and so I decided to go on a safer path through life and join the United States Army. I was a musician in the Army, stationed just a few miles away here uh, at Fort Myer, and I spent six and a half years uh, in the Army, and that period in my life uh, was a time of significant and wonderful blessing. Uh, I met and married my wife, uh, Jody, in the Army, made uh, friends that uh, were just uh, extraordinarily good friends in my life. It was during that period I reconnected uh, with my faith, and I began to hear uh, the first whispers of God's call on my life to potentially go uh, into ministry. Uh, It was a a wonderful time for me, and what was interesting is when I got out of the Army uh, six and a half years after going in, uh, I had a far greater Uh, value for continuing my education. And uh, after that period, I was just a much, much better student and went on to uh, complete uh, three degrees. But that experience at failing out of college the first time, it was terrible. And it was really embarrassing. It's not exactly the lead line in a strong bio. But when I look back on it and put it in perspective, It served as a gateway to the greatest blessings I've experienced in almost 58 years. Only God can work like that. And my guess is some of you have your own version of that story. Our text today features a young man named Joseph who found himself in the worst of circumstances, yet these circumstances became a gateway to God's work in his life and God's work in the world. Now, the text that Brian read earlier is quite long, but I would like to provide a little bit of background, a thumbnail sketch, and then nudge forward in Joseph's story uh, just a little bit, just a a little bit of background to set it into context. Uh, Early in the summer, we were introduced to Abraham and the idea 
that God chose Abraham and his wife Sarah to become the parents, if you will, of his chosen people, the nation of Israel. And the purpose of the nation of Israel was to become a vessel of God's glory and God's grace to the world. And they eventually, through the nation of Israel, we received our Lord and Savior, Jesus. And so God had great plans for the nation of Israel. And God worked through the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham and Isaac, their primary role was focused on the possession of the promised land that God was giving them. Jacob, his primary role was the establishment of the covenant family. Thus, he had 12 sons. And now in the story of the patriarchs, we're introduced to Joseph, the second youngest son of Jacob. Now, what's interesting is Joseph was Jacob's favorite. When Brian read that text earlier, it was fascinating. Uh, As Genesis 37 opens up, it says, this is the story of Jacob. Joseph was 17 years old. I mean, when you think about Jacob or when Jacob thinks about his life, his life immediately was very child-centered, and he defined himself significantly as Joseph's father. He was a forerunner of parents putting their kids at the center of everything. You will also notice that he was a victim to favoritism. And just as as Jacob was a favorite of his mother, and we remember Esau was a favorite of his father, Jacob also played favorites, and Joseph was his favorite among his brothers. Sometimes it takes families a while to break a cycle of dysfunction, doesn't it? Well, Jacob gave Joseph this ornate robe. In Sunday school, we called this robe the coat of many colors. On Broadway, it was called the amazing technicolor dream coat. I kind of like that one a little bit better. And it was called this because Joseph had two dreams. In one dream, his 11 older brothers bowed down to him. In the second dream, not only did his 11 older brothers bow down to him, but his mother and father did as well. Well, as you can imagine, this didn't sit too well with his brothers. I'm an older brother. I have two younger brothers. And if one of them came to me and said, hey, bro, you're going to bow down to me, I'm just going to say, watch what happens and don't expect that to happen anytime soon. Well, Joseph's brothers are out working the fields and Joseph is wearing his, you know, shiny, nice, pretty little coat. And his dad sends him on a trip to go find his brothers. The brothers see him coming off in a distance. Imagine the scene there uh, as the brothers are off in, in the field and everything. And here comes this guy uh, wearing a coat that, you know, should be at a five-star restaurant. They see him off in a distance and they decide to kill him. Instead, they throw him down in a dry cistern. He is eventually sold into slavery to the Midianites, who then sold him to an Egyptian official named Potiphar. Now, the bulk of our story ends there, and next week's message also features Joseph. But let me just extend the arc of his story just a little bit before we see what God wants to take from us, take from this today. Joseph worked his way up in Potiphar's household and eventually became second in command. He ran into a a little bit of buzzsaw with Potiphar's wife, and although he acted with great integrity and great character, he found himself in prison. But in prison, he worked his way up again because he had this incredible way of interpreting dreams. And eventually, Joseph is put in charge of all of Egypt. And again, we're going to lean into this next week some, but eventually, 
his brothers do bow down to him. God worked his purposes for his people through Joseph, even though there were extraordinary obstacles to overcome. Fast forward to today. God is still at work in the world, working to bring his rule and reign on earth as it is in heaven. God is at work in the world through Jesus Christ, through his church, to bring the renewal and restoration of all things. And our big idea this morning, I'll just give it to you right out front, is God's mission moves forward in the world despite what seems to be overwhelming obstacles. Let me say it again. God's mission moves forward in the world despite what seems to be overwhelming obstacles. Or another way to say it, God is at work in the cistern. Now, what can we learn from this story Joseph's story this morning about how God will work his mission in and through our lives. How can this story fall into our hearts this morning? Well, I'd like us to grab just sort of two handles as we consider this story. And the first one is this. A dream deferred is not a dream denied. A dream deferred is not a dream denied. Dreams in the ancient world were considered derived from the heavenly realm. And I believe God uses these types of dreams today, particularly in the world where the gospel is not widely known. I also believe that God uses a different kind of dream. There are dreams that come to us in our sleep, and there are dreams that come to us when God whispers his call in our hearts. Maybe we call this a call or God's will or a summons. What do these dreams look like? God may place in your heart the dream to just invest your life's energy to eliminate hunger. God may place in your heart the dream to work on behalf of the marginalized. God may place in your heart the dream to help people know him better through art or music or science or business. God will place a dream in your heart and this dream will be placed in your heart in such a way that he will even use your workplace to advance his work in the world. Let me say that again. God will place a dream and a call on your life about your vocation. And the way that you interact in your vocation will advance his work in the world. God's desire to use us for his mission in the world, the renewal of all things through Jesus Christ, rarely... And let me underscore that. Rarely looks like the work of a pastor, like like Pastor Brian and myself. Remember, Joseph was not a pastor. Joseph was not a priest. Joseph was not a king. He was a government employee. And he was a really good one at that. For those of you who work for or with the government, please don't let anyone ever tell you your work does not matter, that you are not important, and that you are not valuable, and that you cannot be used by God. I I really don't like this sort of national hobby we've developed of just poking fun at government workers at all levels. It's not a good thing. For example, for those of you who work for the State Department to bring about peace in the world, last time I checked, God is in the peace business. For those of you who work in all levels of defense, 
law enforcement or the judicial system. Last time I looked, God is in the business of bringing order to this world. For those of you who work in government and your role is to look out for the least of these, whether it's in housing or social work or in whatever ways that takes care of those on the margins in our cities and states and in our nation. The last time I looked, God works on the side of the oppressed. To those of you who work for the EPA or any other uh, agency that protects our waters and our mountains and our seas and our lands, the last time I looked, this is my father's world. To my friends who teach our children, the last time I looked, God loves learning and is not on the side of depriving children of learning and having education. We could offer the same type of litany for those in private business as well. What I want you to know this morning is God often works his dream in your life through the work that you're doing from eight to five or eight to six or nine to seven, whenever you go to work and God will work his mission through you at your work in such a way that will bring glory and honor to him. God has a dream, a call, a purpose for your life, and you can count on it being a part of his mission in the world. But these dreams can be deferred, can't they? Boy, oh boy, you can't read through Genesis without wondering how in the world is God going to accomplish his mission through this crazy dysfunctional family? They lie, they steal, they cheat, They play favorites. They have multiple marriages. And people are always saying, take me back to yesterday because yesterday was so much better than today. How in the world did God's work move forward when it looked like it was stalled out in the bottom of a dry cistern? Because God's work is about God. We may think we're Mr. or Mrs. Unlimited, but there's really only one unlimited. God is about working despite the obstacles, including our faults and our failures. God has a dream for your life. For whatever reason, it may seem deferred right now. Your life may feel as if you're at the bottom of a dry cistern with no hope of getting out. Don't give up. Don't give in. If God put a dream in your heart, God will, God will make a way. Cooperate, yield with God. He will make a way. On January 26th of this year, we changed our church's name to Old Town Community Church. We also affirm that we believe that God has a dream for this congregation, for this church, that part of that dream is for our facility here to be a hub of his grace and his goodness right here in our city. We affirmed God's call, God's dream for this church on January 26, 2020. We got a, a spiffy new logo I started connecting with people in our city who could be partners who might be able to use the building. We were off and running. Then what happened? Not only did we have to shut our building down, but the whole city, commonwealth, and nation shut down for a while, except for the grocery store, Taco Bell, and Home Depot, it seemed like. Even Starbucks on the corner 
shut down. Now, it would be normal for that to leave us scratching our head a little bit. God, did we miss the memo? God, did we not hear you right? When you put this dream into the hearts and minds of this congregation, mind of this congregation, hold on though. A dream deferred is not a dream denied. A call put on hold is not a call hung up on. Nothing is too big of an obstacle for God's dream. Not even a sticky, contagious, dangerous virus. Since COVID happened, yes, our facility has been mostly closed. However, OTCC has become perhaps even more known in our community. Every day we do a food distribution. People line up around the corner to get food. And people also walk by on the sidewalks who aren't coming for food. They're just walking by. And almost every week, every time we do a food distribution, somebody says, what are you doing? We tell them, and they just glow. They love the idea. Since COVID happened, Jody and I frequently Zoom with friends who live in the community. And as best as we know, they're not part of a church family. And they keep telling us it seems like we're doing what churches are supposed to do feeding the least of these. What a powerful witness for our community. Since COVID happened, Brian has interacted with a lot of our mission partners in the community, and they've heard about what's going on here. Since COVID happened, there are people across the country right now joining us for worship online or later online, and people across the country being encouraged through our daily prayers. I I receive an email almost weekly about somebody who was really encouraged with a daily prayer that day. We don't yet know the date. I think we're going to know it soon when we're going to regather for good. But our staff has made plans to expand our fall ministry schedule no matter what. And we can't wait to share that with you. We can't wait to announce it to you, which will be August 23rd. Mark your calendars. Get on the edge of your seat. It's going to be a great fall here at OTCC. A dream deferred is not a dream denied. God works his will and way despite the obstacles. It is true for our work together as a congregation here in our city, and it is true in your life where you live, where you work, and where you play. Let me offer you a reflection question just to take with you throughout the week. Are you living into God's dream for your life? The second handle I just want us to take this week with us as we think about this story of Joseph. And again, we're going to look at Joseph next week too. And that is live into your low points. Lean in and live into your low points. Back to Joseph. He is in the bottom of a dry cistern. And that was a low moment. One absolutely cruel little detail of the text in verse 25 is that while Joseph was down in the bottom of his cistern or of the cistern, his brothers were just hanging out at the top eating lunch. Add mean as a snake to the list of family flaws. Imagine Joseph's temporary relief when they pulled him out of the cistern, but then his dejection again when he realizes he's being sold into slavery. He's not going back to his father. So now he goes from being the favorite son of a wealthy rancher to now a slave in Egypt. Low point. But then he rose to prominence 
only to be put in prison again. Another low point. Yet each time, Joseph leaned and lived into them. Each time, from the house of Potiphar to Pharaoh's palace, he acted with character and faithfulness and integrity. He didn't let his low points crush him. He lived into them and made the best of the situation. God used Joseph powerfully, and God worked powerfully in Joseph in those low moments. It can be so hard to live hopefully and faithfully even in the low points. Yet it is there in the bottom of the cistern. It is there in those low moments when we are humbled and when we are emptied that God often does God's greatest work. The late Senator John McCain was typically very private about his faith. In 2008, during the presidential campaign, he was interviewed by Pastor Rick Warren, and McCain talked about that low point in his life when he was a prisoner of war in Vietnam. Although conditions were horrible and he was beaten frequently, he and the other POWs felt that they needed to at least have a time a week, once a week, when they would worship together, even though they were isolated and in individual cells. McCain recalls, and I want to read this because I don't want to miss any of it. He said this, the prisoners decided that every Sunday after they had eaten their rice, the highest ranking officer would cough loudly and say the letter C for church. The prisoners would then say the Pledge of Allegiance, the Lord's Prayer, and the 23rd Psalm. The psalm was said in plural, yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil. He goes on to say, prisoners used diarrhea pills mixed with cigarette ash or charcoal or dirt to write lines of scripture and surreptitiously share them with each other. That, my friends, is living into and through your low point. God was with them in the POW camp, just as God was with Joseph in the cistern. God has a dream for your life, to be part of what he is doing in the world. You may not feel like that right now. Being isolated at home may feel like the bottom of a cistern, not being able to travel or hug your grandkids or constantly wearing a mask may feel like being at the bottom of a cistern. Experiencing a painful and humiliating failure like I shared earlier may feel like the bottom of a cistern. But take heart. God is in the business of climbing down into the bottom of cisterns and being with us and lifting us up. God will not let any obstacle get in the way of fulfilling the work he has for the world through you. Our part is to surrender to his power, surrender to his grace, his love, and his mercy, and to keep hope. A dream deferred is not a dream denied. Live into your low points. Live into them. Be faithful. Hang on. Have hope. And watch God do his work.
Amen.